This episode of That Niku Mama is sponsored by The Thrifting Den. If you want premium branded baby and kids clothing, then look no further. The Thrifting Den is your one-stop thrift and consignment shop. Get premium brands for pre-love prices. Shop now at www.thethriftingden.com. Hello everyone, welcome to That Niku Mum, a podcast where we share the stories of New Zealand parents who have had a baby in a neonatal unit across the country. Today we're speaking with Gemma. Um, Gemma was actually a premier herself and her son Wyatt was born at 33 weeks. Um, Gemma had gestational diabetes during pregnancy but they're not entirely sure what the reason was that um, Wyatt ended up coming early. Um, she had PPROM, so that's preterm premature rupture of membranes, or is it premature preterm rupture of membranes? I can never remember which it is. Anyway, she had PPROM at 33 weeks, and Wyatt was born at 33 weeks in one day, um, and then she had a four-week stay in the NICU. So I will let Gemma tell her story. She's uh, quite passionate about um, sharing her NICU journey and sh- and making sure that others feel comfortable in sharing their NICU journey. I know she's done um, an episode on the Little Miracles Trust podcast as well. So if you're interested in hearing um, another episode on Emma, uh, sorry, Gemma's journey, then you can have a look on the Little Miracles Trust and listen to her podcast episode there um but yeah I will let her get into it and yeah enjoy so my name is Gemma and I live in Hamilton with my husband Reed and our 18 month old Wyatt uh fun fact I was actually brought born premature myself uh so I was seven weeks early and Wyatt was also seven weeks early what are the chances just just a bit of karma I think <laughs> why were you born early uh I, we don't we don't know and you don't know why why it was born early no, not really yeah oh, um, so, so my mum had sort of said to me and my sister like you know make sure your midwife knows that prematurity runs in the family and we we're all like oh whatever no nah, it doesn't yeah and yeah surprise it does maybe wow higher, a, higher chance yeah has your sister had a prem baby no, she had a full-term baby. She got the luck of the draw then, didn't she? Oh, yeah. Um, she's currently pregnant with her second, and I think she's 31 weeks. And I'm like, come on, come on, you can do it. Full-term, full-term. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's um, it's a, a different experience when you make it past your, like, your prem gestation. When I had my singleton, Angus, he was full-term after the twins. And every day up until 32 weeks, I was like, oh, my God. Because I had the twins at 32 weeks. So I was like, oh my God, oh my God, I'm going to have this yeah. baby. I'm going to have to go through Nick again. And then as soon as I got to like 32 plus one, and I was like, nah, I'm good. I'll be all good now. No more anxiety. It's fine. <laughs> That's so cool. Right. So do you want to go back and start um, with your pregnancy? How was your pregnancy with Wyatt? Was it pretty straightforward? Uh, yeah. So my pregnancy was pretty straightforward up until about 30 weeks. Oh, actually, it would have been a little bit before 30 weeks. Uh, I had gestational diabetes diagnosed around 28 weeks, yeah. uh, which I was able to manage um, with diet and exercise. Uh, and then 
about 30 weeks. Uh, my husband and his parents had just come down with COVID and we were like, oh, okay, at least, you know, that's happening now before the birth. Um, I would, I had put, we'd put him in the spare room as like, you know, quarantine. Um, and, but then like, I started getting a funny pain in my side and like, I was like, oh, you know, whatever. Um, and then was sort of like, mm, how much have I felt like moving today? Well, we didn't have the name then, but, um, and then just you know got a bit a bit worried uh ended up calling the midwife and she was like oh yeah come in we'll check you out just in case uh she was fairly sure it wasn't anything but sent me up to a woman's assessment just in case and they were pretty much uh saying we'll probably just send you home and then the results of the uh fetal fibonectin test came back as like extremely high and they were like okay no you're not going home uh we think you're actually having uh contractions and we'll start you on you know the the drugs to stop uh the contractions and give you steroids and that stuff um so yeah up until up until all that happened it had been just general tiredness and feeling crappy but yeah otherwise pretty straightforward when you had the fetal fibronectin and it was positive in your head where you kind of just like okay of course this is of course this is happening right now yeah so at the time uh I had it, thinking back it was one of those like I, it, it's hilarious like thinking back because uh, my husband had COVID so I had to drive myself to see the midwife it was like 9 10 at night um, and then I had to drive myself up to the hospital. Um, I was messaging my husband, letting him know what was going on. My phone had like 10% battery, like, Where's you the know, <laughs> yeah. And then they're telling me, you know, you're, uh, you're possibly going into labor or in labor. Uh, we're going to start you on, you know, they explained the protocol and they're like, do you have any questions? And I was like, what should I do about my car? I'd parked in the, uh, drop off outside um labor and delivery and I was concerned that I was going to get towed so I was like it's just outside can I go shift it up to the car park and they were like no we need to get you started on these like the medications straight away we'll sort your car out later and I just kept being like okay but what about my car yeah. and um eventually they got security to move my car for me um I was able to get a nurse to charge my phone for me so it all worked out okay but yeah I'd been trying to fire off text to like my husband being like actually <laughs> don't panic um yeah but so he couldn't come and see me obviously because he had he had COVID I had to get like a friend to go pick up a whole bunch of stuff for me it was, it was fun mm -hmm. Had they given any indication as to why they thought you might have been in labour? Uh, I think because of the the pain I felt um, and I was showing um, contractions on the monitoring um, and the, the fetal fibonectin test, I think. Um, and I think at the time... Wyatt was being crazy active like he'd gone from like 
me being like, mm, when did I feel a movement after being like crazy active so much so they couldn't really get a baseline on the monitoring. Yeah. Um, and also the alarm kept going off. Um, and they'd have to come in and be like, oh no, it's okay. He's just being a bit too active and sort of like six in the morning, there was nurses coming in being like, oh, has he stopped moving yet? I'm like, no. <laughs> he got a bit of a reputation um and then of course because i had the steroids um it spiked my insulin uh spiked my blood sugars so i was on uh glucose drip and like hourly finger pricks and all that fun stuff obviously they got the labor to stop though yes your yeah. waters hadn't gone or anything no no, so they said, um, yeah, they'd be able to stop it, and they were like, you either, they, they gave me the statistics of, like, there's this much chance you go into labor in the next, you know, couple of days, weeks, you know, sort of thing, but otherwise they were just like, yeah, you should be all right until, until he comes. Yeah. Had they offered you to, like, go and see Nico or anything and in, in kind of preparation for the maybe? Yeah, they had offered, and I said no because I was still like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Um, and I felt, I guess, comfortable enough that I didn't, um, yeah, didn't really, didn't feel the need to. I sort of knew from myself being premature, like my parents had sort of talked about Nico a lot. I'd seen photos. I've watched way too much Grace Anatomy, that sort of stuff. I was like, yeah, no, nah, it'll be fine. <laughs> Uh, looking back, I do wish maybe I had taken it uh, just for more of the logistics of, um, you know, they start in here and then move, like how that sort of stuff w worked moving between uh, nurseries. I kind of just picked that up once we got there. Uh, but yeah, otherwise it was, wasn't too bad. At least they offered it to you. I know a lot of people don't, don't get the opportunity just timing wise. And when I had the yeah. time, it was literally like we had them on the Sunday and lockdown was announced on the Monday, like the initial lockdown. So we never got like the opportunity or anything, but um, yeah, it's good that they, that they offered it to you. And it's also good that you, you felt comfortable enough that you didn't think you needed to go in there and see that. It's always yeah. reassuring knowing that you're going into it confidently. Um, so then what happened? You, your waters did break at 33 weeks so a few weeks after you had this initial scare yeah so we had I mean I think I went back at about 31 weeks I was having some contractions um but it didn't turn into anything um at that point I had COVID so they sort of, of thought <laughs> yeah um it was possibly related to like just me coughing and irritating my uterus and yeah. um they're like maybe you've just got an irritable uterus and I'm like oh great um and then uh 32 weeks it was like okay so maybe he's staying put um we'd been up to see the OB at the hospital um related to the gestational diabetes and they were like uh um everything looks fine he's still measuring kind of big so we'll do another growth scan um at 36 weeks and decide if we induce you you know 
So I'm still like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be induced. I'm going to have a big baby. Yeah. And I think it was, it was the evening of our growth scan. So we'd been up to the hospital in the morning and then come home and I was, I'd been having like back pain and cramps, but thought that was just, you know, my body doing its thing and then stood up from the couch and just felt this like gush and did the classic, like, did I just pee myself? Um, went to the toilet, was like, okay, no, I can pee. So I didn't pee myself. <laughs> I'm like, oh crap, I think I, my water's broke. Yeah. Um, and sort of rang the midwife. She sent, up, sent, sent us up to the hospital. Um, so that was like bang on 33 weeks. And I wasn't having any contractions uh, that I knew of. Um, and so the doctor and the midwife at the hospital were sort of talking about um, just giving me antibiotics and monitoring me. And I was like, so we'll just wait for potentially however long until, you know. Um, but then they came in to like check me um, and they were like, oh, no, you're four centimeters dilated you're in labor like they were so sure I wasn't in labor because I was just lying there like chill as um yep. and yeah then everything just sort of went from like zero to woe um and yeah so we'd seen we'd seen um like the I don't know like a, a manager a man, supervisor of some sort and she was like oh yeah well I'm going so probably won't see you again unless you come over to the like delivery side mm-hmm. and then we saw her later and she was like oh I didn't think we were going to be seeing you <laughs> yeah how was his birth other than the fact he was obviously seven weeks early did you find it was quite a I don't say nice birth but is it kind of what you expected yeah so it was positive uh mostly what I expected uh and originally I had wanted you know birthing suite uh what do you call them birthing center um water birth sort of you know but I had to let that go once we got the gestational diabetes Mm -hmm. um diagnosis so I knew it was going to be at the hospital um and it was yeah it was really good I had my midwife there um she was able to be there she was actually on holiday at the time um so I'd been dealing with her backup midwife but she heard what was happening and was like I'll come in you know um so that was really cool um we had lots of waiting around for like the room to be ready um but otherwise once we were in the room it was quite chill um the whole thing was only like five hours wow. so it was sort of like oh yeah you can kind of feel contractions now yeah that's a little bit sore I actually asked for some Panadol and my midwife just laughed at me and was like well you could or we could get you some gas and I was like ah okay (laughs) um I didn't find the gas really did anything other than keep my mind off it um I started getting contractions that were basically on top of each other so it was hard to get the rhythm right but I was still mad when they took the gas off me once I like started pushing so (laughs) I need this yeah um yeah um had the you know I've listened to lots of birth stories and talked to lots of people I had the whole moment where I was like I can't do this anymore um and 
uh one really funny memory that sticks out to me is me like suddenly being like he's coming I need a push and I've still got my underwear on like so we're trying to get underwear off a nurse comes in to check my blood sugar and my wife's like nope no time for that the baby's coming <laughs> um yeah uh and so yeah it's about five hours it was only about 20 minutes of pushing uh my husband caught the baby and cut the cords so that was cool I think I got like a like I think he was placed on my stomach like while he cut the cord yeah. and then they had to um take him off to the little corner to check him out and I just remember it being like so quiet and like, obviously they were doing stuff but they weren't and they were sort of murmuring to each other but I didn't know what they were doing and yeah. I was just like is he okay like yeah. there's obviously no panic sounds but there's no like oh yep yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah but he was okay and I was able to hold him once they'd sort of like checked him and wrapped him up and got to hold him very briefly and it was really strange just like you know like hi <laughs> hello yeah um and then and then yeah they're like okay we have to take him now um and my husband was going to go with him because we'd decided you know yep he'd go up to the NICU with them except they hadn't rat tested him when he came in so he couldn't go up until they'd done a rat test so that was kind of annoying but kind of cool in a way because that meant he got to stay with me and we just got to hang out and why it was okay so yeah yeah it sounds like a really ideal birth considering he was free yeah. and like, you know, your husband got to be there and he got to do all the stuff that you know dads or partners get to do at full term and you got to to hold yeah. him, him properly it sounds like a really positive experience for you yeah I yeah I don't have any sort of complaints or um I didn't yeah it wasn't traumatic it wasn't other than surprising uh yeah it was pretty much everything I could have hoped for I feel like whenever someone has a baby like you're kind of like oh my god I just I just did that and I'm not pregnant anymore but when it's early you like haven't even started thinking about the process of having a baby you're like I've got 10 weeks like we hadn't even like I hadn't even discussed a birth plan with my midwife (laughs) so she was like ah so do you want the you know the vitamin k shot and luckily I'm like a super over preparer and I'd done all the reading I'd already decided like what I wanted um all right yeah so it wasn't too big a deal we had um only gone to like two antenatal classes Mm. um I hadn't even got up to the pain management one yet I was like damn it (laughs) but no I already I already knew that stuff anyway it was just when I was pregnant with my twins I had to have um OB appointments up at the hospital And at my 28 week appointment, the doctor was like, so I think we'll maybe do your birth plan at like 30 at the 36 week appointment. (laughs) Like, um, can we maybe do it at the 32 weeks? Just like, I want to be prepared. I didn't even make it to the 32 week appointment. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, what if you're trying to make me wait an extra six weeks to make this birth plan? I don't even make it four weeks before that um but anyway how how big was he at birth uh he was five pounds so he was 2.2 kilos or something so it was it was good yeah I was like yes good for measuring big yeah (laughs) like that was the funny thing they're like oh he's measuring big like on the skin but then he was still so super tiny like yeah 
even for a five pound baby like it's just like how you so small yeah and it's hard to fathom it until you like hold a baby that's prem or tiny you're just yeah. like you can't fathom actually how small they are you see pictures and you're like oh that's small but you hold them and oh my god this baby yeah tiny um what nursery did he start in uh he, so he was in nursery one for he was born about 4 30 ish and he probably maybe like six to eight hours in in nursery one or even less um it was just the initial um sort of triage him just checking him out he was on CPAP for a couple of hours uh but then they put him onto the high flow and because he was yeah coping okay on that I think he got he got shifted um I luckily when I went back to visit him um luckily I went when I did otherwise I would have turned up and been like where's my baby because <laughs> they were they were about to shift him as I got there yeah they started the nursery one and they were in there for like, I don't know, five or six days. Um, and I remember getting a call at like 6.30 on a Friday night. Oh, no. Hospital, oh no, no. And I was like shitting my pants and I answered and they were like, it's like, it's okay. There's nothing wrong. Yeah. We just want to tell you that we're moving them. And I was like, could you not have just texted me or something? Yeah. The, um, the first phone call I got, I was on I was I was on the way to the hospital and I just yeah saw the number came up and I was like I don't want to answer this mm, mm. and it was a nurse calling to see if I was coming in to do the feed they do that all the time and you're like, do, like and I'm like I'll be there at this yes, time. I'm on the way oh my gosh and then they I know that they're just doing their job but they always make you feel bad if you're not there right on right the right on yeah time. um like, I, had, I live in I live in Cambridge I'm like 25 minutes away from the hospital I'm getting here as far yeah. as fast as I can I would always get stuck in that damn car park building um the big one because the mm. little one was always full driving around and they'd be calling me and I'd be like look I'm in the car park once I find a car park and haul my butt all the way you know across the hospital um I will be there but uh, yeah I always felt bad like I was late and or in trouble yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> yeah. but then like you think babies aren't on schedules if they're not on the NICU like my singleton he just ate he ate whenever he wanted to I was like five minutes because I'm trying to get a car park it's not going to be the end of the world for this schedule they don't know they're yeah. on a schedule yeah I um I was always breaking their schedule anyway I'd be like mm, so what time's the next feed or like what you know what what because uh, they were two hourly and three hourly or whatever so I'd be like so working it out and I'd be like hmm, can you do it 15 minutes earlier or 15 minutes later and <laughs> they were they were pretty good but like I was always that that mum that because usually they'd do it like on the hour sort of thing yeah. I was the mum making them do it at like quarter past or quarter yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. you got away uh, you got to be the the alpha <laughs> yeah to make make you feel like you're actually in control of something because you have very little control while you're in there yeah um, I how was uh, his journey through NICU it was uh fairly straightforward in that there wasn't any complications he basically just needed to learn how to feed and get bigger so that his uh yeah his lungs 
would mature and you'd learn how to regulate his temperature and all that sort of stuff. Um, so I think we started trying to breastfeed like way sooner than I thought. Um, they'd said, you know, ah, oh, probably like 35, 36 weeks, but I think we started trying when he was like 34 weeks. Mm. Um, and um, he was on the high flow for maybe 36 weeks. Um, they were going to swap him on to the low flow, but they did a trial without oxygen first. They were just like, oh, let's see. And he was like, yep, sweet. I don't need that anymore. And they were like, huh, okay. <laughs> so so that was cool. Um, yeah, so yeah, we were in there four weeks, like pretty much on the dot. Um, and the last hurdle was just uh, getting him fully breastfed. Because yeah. uh, he was so, so sleepy that, you know, you'd do a feed and he'd sort of fall asleep or you'd have to top him up or like he'd be too tired to even try. Um, and I think if we had uh, done bottles as well as breastfeeding, we could have come home earlier, but mm. we had a uh, clash <laughs> with the lactation consultant over whether the bottle should be used or not. And I ask if it was the older <laughs> lactation consultant yes uh yes oh many a many a issue <laughs> yeah I... i've i've listened to like previous episodes and or like talked to other people they've been through like at Oniku and it's like oh was it and it's like yes hmm. um, she once told me when i walked into the unit she like walked past me and i said good morning she's like you look tired like, it's because oh. I'm here at like 7 30 in the morning. <laughs> like, I'm thank you. Something. I am tired. What do you yeah. expect? <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, we had um, like one of the nurses had said to us, um, Do you want us to do bottle feeds? Well, when you're not here, once he'd started like sort of breastfeeding um, so that, you know, he doesn't go backwards as such. And we're like, Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Because um, we'd planned to do some bottles at home anyway. So, he had like one or two bottles and like, had them like drank them all and then um the lactation consultant found out and was like what why why is this baby having bottles and tried to get the nurse to like not do it and the nurse was like ah I'm gonna talk to the parents but um at that point I was just like so overwhelmed I was like okay let's just hold off bottles like we'll do whatever we want when we go home but yeah it's so frustrating though because like I said you have very little control while you're in yeah. there and to not to be felt like you're being told off for how you're parenting your child is infuriating I never yeah. see a problem I know so many people who have been in NICU and they've been on bottles just to get home and then they've come home and been fully breastfeeding there's nothing yeah. wrong <laughs> it was it was mostly um just it felt very confrontational so on one hand we had the nurse saying yeah let's do bottles and then we had the lactation consultant being like no you don't do bottles and we were sort of like well we kind of want to do bottles but like it was quite intimidating and like it was just an extra level of stress and confrontation yeah. I didn't yeah. want so I was like you know what just 
yeah. and obviously you were set on being able to breastfeed so you feel guilty that you're compromising yeah. the ability yeah. to be able to do that it's it's kind of like she's gaslighting in a way yeah it's one of those it's one of those there's you know there's so many things that um you get told don't do this because this thing will happen and you're like well will it or is that just mm. it might um and yeah it's just such a stressful time anyway that you know um and I guess yeah feeling like what we chose was wrong but yeah so that was probably our only negative experience in the NICU other than the fact that um we weren't allowed visitors um at least at least both my husband and I could visit at the same time yeah uh I did a rat test every time I went up there um <laughs> and they were quite short-staffed at times especially near the end of our four weeks um so he spent most of the time in nursery seven uh but when we moved to nursery six we found that they had a lot of um nurses from the kids floor like covering because they didn't have enough um niku uh staff on and they just i mean it wasn't their fault they're not they don't usually work there they don't really know what they're doing and because wyatt was uh such like low needs he was like yeah i mean he was basically just living there <laughs> for for a little while uh that like we would get the the um the like temporary staff and yeah it just sort of felt like there wasn't maybe as much <laughs> mm. uh hands-on sort of support I guess and more yeah. like I always felt um not bad but like I'd be asking them to do something and I'd feel bad because they wouldn't know how to do it and then they have to go off and find it and stuff. But yeah. But yeah. Um, and then uh just before we got discharged, uh so I had the opportunity to do the like two days mothering in. Um so he was sort of feeding, um, breastfeeding like a couple of times a day, and they were like, We've got we've got a spare family room. Uh, do you want to come and stay? he'll stay in the nursery but you can stay the night stay a couple of nights so you can do like around the clock breastfeeding attempts just try and establish that so that was really cool um except um my husband couldn't stay with me yeah. so it was like getting up in the middle of the night by myself to go and, go and feed the baby and then go back to bed yeah. um but I it's was kind of like I'm you're not going to be by yourself doing that in the middle of the night yeah yeah I was like oh man like so tired uh and but then I was like well if I was at home I couldn't just put him down and go back to bed could I so um you know but it was good he like we were feeding basically uh every time he's he was always a really quick feeder like they had their little chart of you know if it's if they only feed five minutes do a full top up if it's 10 minutes do a half I can still remember that that's crazy um and he'd be like you know seven minutes and that'd be like you know pushing him like we're well not pushing but you know trying to keep him awake doing you know 
okay he did two minutes there he did three minutes there we get to like you know seven or nine and be like I feel like he's had a full feed like yeah just yeah has was quick um so yeah that was a nightmare but um managed to get yeah we only did like one half top up I think in the middle of the night in a, over like 48 hours so we we're really happy with that and I went home and was like right I'll come in for doctor's rounds the next morning uh to find out you know what's what's our next step like what do we need to do to go home and so it was in there that morning uh the next morning like waiting and finally the doctor or like the discharge manager came around and was um was like okay we're looking at discharging this baby um and they had a quick look at the notes and were like oh no he had tube feeds overnight like the last you know 12 hours doing tube feeds and I was like hey that's literally because I'm not I went home yeah so they went back a little bit further and were like oh okay yep you can go home today and I was like oh man if I hadn't been here so yeah frustrating hey and like the nurse would have known that that was the thing but they never asked the nurse they just they always just read the notes like yeah. read the chart they never ask the nurse or ask the parent and it's so frustrating because if they ask then the nurse would be like but before that 12 hours he was fully breastfeeding for 40 yeah. hours yeah yeah oh man but yeah and then so we uh roomed in and that was all straightforward like I think after the first night the doctor was basically like we're pretty sure you're gonna go home we're gonna start the paperwork like if for whatever reason, like, you know, he doesn't put on weight or lose his weight, you might not be able to go, but we're pretty sure you're going to go home. And yeah, we were able to go home sort of at the, like right on the end of that four weeks. Cool. And how's he doing now? He's really good. So he is, yeah, come up 18 months actual um, and just started walking. And yeah, we haven't had any ongoing issues um at all and how how have you been are you doing well yeah so when we got home I was quite anxious I'd say like I just felt like something was gonna go wrong um and I don't think I'd processed it at all like (laughs) much of much of it at all um and yeah every time I'd sort of talk about it or think about it I'd still get really upset so I did get um a couple of counseling sessions which were really worth it um I didn't particularly like the counselor that much but she gave me some good tools and helped me I guess process it just that sort of talking talking through it through it validating my feelings um giving me the mantra of that like he's home he's safe he's healthy you know no matter what has happened like he is okay and yeah I mean I still checked his breathing like all the time I still I still check his breathing Mm. um but yeah otherwise all good if you decide to have another baby have they spoken to you about things they can do while you're pregnant to try and get to full term no uh they just said that I'd be under the um whatever they call it high risk yeah pre-term yeah but yeah 
Yeah, well, that's good. Well, hopefully, you if you do have another baby, you you make it. But yeah, yeah my goal with Angus was thirty two weeks in one day. <laughs> but I made, it, I made it to thirty nine with him, which was amazing. It's um, it's a very different experience, and obviously, you know what it's like trying to discharge a baby from the NICU, and you have to like do yeah. it and jump. With Angus, they didn't even look at him. They were just like, "Are you?" are you all good? Is the baby fine? I was like, I mean, I think so. And they were like, okay, sweet, you can go home. Yeah, we had to watch, we had to watch these videos, one on infant CPR and one on shaken babies. Yeah. And honestly, I, like, I think that was almost more traumatizing. Yeah. Yeah. We just, like, ended up not watching them. The nurse was like, when she came in to say she was going to do it, she was like, I'm just going to write that you guys have watched this because I don't think you're going to shake your baby. <laughs> oh, man. I was like, can we stop? But we were both too goody two-shoes. And... <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's, again, it's bizarre. Like, why do they think a NICU parent is not capable of parenting and needs to watch these, like, how-to parent videos? But a full-term parent can just walk yeah. out of the hospital. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me. It was um so lovely. So lovely to talk to you. <laughs> and um yeah, I really enjoyed chatting with you and hearing your story with Wyatt. Thank you. Thank you for yeah having a podcast. I'd always had that idea, but I was like too much <laughs> putting myself out there. I think so. It's good someone else. Jumped I on. literally was like, I was listening to an episode of a, diff- or a different podcast and I was like, I wonder if there's a NICU one. And I like looked it up and there wasn't. And I was like, I'm going to, I text my husband. And I was like, should I start a podcast? And he was like, if you want to. And then if it wasn't yeah. enough with three kids in the podcast, I've also decided to go back to study. So yeah, I saw that. You're a bit I crazy. I think I'm mental. <laughs> so that was Gemma's story with her baby Wyatt. Um, how funny that they were both born seven weeks prem, seemingly for no reason. Um, yeah, she obviously had quite a positive experience. Um, it sounded like she had an amazing birth and a really straightforward uh, postpartum NICU journey, uh, except for the lactation consultant. Honestly, if you've been through Waikato NICU, you know exactly who we're talking about. Um yeah, she's she's an interesting one. There is another one. There's another lactation consultant. Her name's Alana, and she was incredible. Um, but yeah, I've not really met anyone who had a positive experience with the other consultant, which is a shame because it's obviously quite a unique time for breastfeeding parents, and you want to feel like you have. I can hear my cat snoring, but I can't see him anywhere. And that's really annoying me. Anyway, um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed. And please do get in contact um, if you would like to share your story. If you go to um, our Instagram page at that Mum, there's a link in the bio where you can fill in the form. We are always looking for submissions. I have a whole bunch that I still need to get through and book in recordings. But um, my goal is to never say no. I always want to say yes to anyone. So, yeah, please do submit your story if you are willing to share. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And, yeah, we will chat soon. Bye.